1915, Jiang Zemin's grandfather, Jiang Shisi, a doctor of Chinese medicine ventured into business. Jiang Shisi had seven children, the eldest child Jiang Shijun was Jiang Zemin's father. Jiang Zemin has an older sister Jiang Zifen, and a younger sister Jiang Zinan, and a younger brother Jiang Ziquan. In 1940, Wang Jingwei set up the puppet Japanese government in Nanjing. He was in need of much manpower, and a range of talents, from ministers to clerks. It's for this reason that brazen intellectuals, crooked merchants, jobless has-been politicians and former officials swarmed to Nanjing. So did Jiang Zemin's father, Jiang Shijun. He was appointed as a vice minister in the Ministry of Propaganda, and made the head member of the institution's editorial committee. He also worked under Hu Lancheng, the main staff writer of the China Daily. He was in charge of the daily operation in the ministry. He feared that his work for the Japanese could come back to haunt him, therefore, changed his name to Jiang Guanqian. Both literature and electrical engineering were hobbies for Jiang Shijun, and he devoted much time to the two pursuits, working for the Japanese. Jiang Shijun had also made a careful study of Nazis' propaganda tactics. He single-handedly organized a so-called exhibition of military successes, in the Pacific region of the Great Crusade of East Asia, in which he applied the propaganda techniques he had learned, and his knowledge of electrical engineering, so as to depict, fully with sound and light effects, air and naval warfare, between the US and Japan, suggesting the Japanese army's Bushido spirit, and symbolizing the permanent military power the army enjoyed. Through all of this, the audience would be given the impression, that the Japanese invaders were unconquerable, and would forever occupy China. Jiang Shijun used to make an annual show of cultural patronage by holding a grand ceremony in honor of Confucius. He would orchestrate a performance consisting of, as prescribed by Confucian doctrines, eight rolls of dancers, follow the rites, as prescribed for a king in the Book of Rites, and offer three sacrifices of pork, beef and lamb, and after the ceremonies mince the three sacrifices and send them to officials in the ministries and bureaus of the puppet Japanese government. He also employed the folk-style propaganda. He reworked a Buddhist folk tradition, the Feast of All Souls Festival, for his own purposes, organized a grand version of the festival, that had lanterns floating on local waters, and found in it means to falsely suggest peace and prosperity, in the aftermath of, and so as to help people forget, the terrible Nanjing massacre, only a few years before. Spectators were anesthetized to the grim historical reality, so recent still, perpetrated at the hands of the Japanese regime. He published a children's picture book, entitled A History of British-American Aggression Against China, intending to stir up hatred towards the two nations, while eulogizing the greater East Asia co-prosperity sphere. Along with this, Jiang Shijun helped, to plan the production of a legacy that will live forever, a movie, the goal of which was to bash Britain and America. Using a large sum of money, he solicited the help of a famous director, and further invited a movie star, to play the part of the Qing Dynasty official, Lin Zhechu. The effort masticated history, as we know it, so as to suit the needs of Japanese forces, and incite hatred against the United States. So that his eldest son might one day outshine others, Jiang Shijun sent Jiang Zemin to an expensive high school, Yangzhou High School, and then later to Central University, which was run by Wang Jingwei's puppet government. From a young age, Jiang Zemin was enrolled in piano lessons. That wealth would accrue in the Jiang family at that time, and through the dealings of a trader, no less, was most extraordinary, for those were the years when the ordinary Chinese found it's hard to just make ends meet. Jiang Zemin would live up to his father's expectations learning to sing, dance, 
play musical instruments, and even know something of Peking and the Canton Opera. Although he was busy with his job every day, Zhang Shijun always found time to earnestly and tirelessly teach his son, Zhang Zemin. It was then that Zhang Zemin realized power and money get things done. Zhang Zemin knew the power of media, a weapon he had come to understand before he was even 15 years of age. Zhang Zemin has long been fond of the Lashes scenery, in the life of opulence, alongside the Chinwai River. The invading Japanese army, for political purposes, made celebrity of a Japanese actress Li Xiang Lan, known as the Imperial Flower. Zhang Zemin has always had trouble keeping pretty ladies off his mind, with Li Xiang Lan being no exception. The combination of his father's influence, and the propaganda tactics gleaned from the CCP, made Jiang Zemin an even more skilled propagandist than his father. And the money the son spent on propaganda was of course far greater. The deceit of his father hardly compares with that of Jiang Zemin, be it in scope, or depth. The special agents of the invading Japanese army, were headed up by a general Kenji Doihara, and his right-hand man was Ding Motsun. It was thus a top priority for Ding, to train some specialized students, who could blend in with regular students, thereby monitor them. In this capacity they could spot any traces of anti-Japanese sentiments or activities, arrest and remove those involved. Jiang Shijun hoped much for his son's success. He knew well that only those who have served as special agents, could be trusted or promoted in rank by the Japanese army. Jiang Shijun seized the opportunity of the sessions and strongly made the case for his son. Jiang Zemin attended the training. Interestingly, the special agents took political classes, alongside those courses providing training and technique subjects, effecting something of a brainwash program. All special agents were forbidden from having any mainstream religious beliefs. Nietzsche, the man who once claimed that God is dead, and who did much to advance the cause of atheism, thus made for a perfect read, and become part of the agent's indoctrination. Jiang Zemin was not only exempted from paying tuition, but further received a stipend. He led an extravagant life in college, often visiting whorehouses, with a band of shady friends, who sucked up to the rich and powerful. Jiang Zemin grew corrupted early, due to his capacity as a special agent, explaining, in part, why he visited, and easily knew how to find prostitutes on his first business trip to the United States, as the Minister of Electronics Industry. Such behavior was rather rare among minister-level officials at the time. After completing the session, a student would admit it directly to Central University. Jiang Zemin chose electrical engineering as his major. The subject, of course, had something to do with his father's hobby, but gained particular interest for Jiang Zemin in that his father's exhibition of military successes, in the Pacific region of the Great Crusade in the East Asia, had captured his imagination, and held him rapt. With the surrender of Japan's forces on September 3, 1945, Jiang Zemin's father, Jiang Shijun sensed that he himself was in imminent danger, and thus discarded his pseudonym, Jiang Guanqian, and switched his identity back to Jiang Shijun, the businessman, engineer, and a lover of literature. He returned to his hometown and lived in hiding for some time. On September 26, 1945, the nationalist KMT government started investigation of puppet students, attending public colleges in the Japanese-occupied territories. Jiang Zemin was among the puppet students, suspected of treason, and marked for investigation. 
Before he was to be examined, however, Jiang Zemin had left school and run away. Gone with the days of special agents operating funds, he roamed about in a place named Mianhu Waping, located in Yangshin, Jiangxi province. Jiang Zemin became homeless in hunger and cold, only later did a local peasant gave him a place to stay. He'd remained there over half a year. After becoming the general secretary of the CCP, Jiang Zemin, on one occasion, stayed over in Yangshin for a day, and made a point of visiting Mianhu Waping. None of his entourage knew why he was so familiar with such a small place, and why he even wanted to visit there. Before he eventually left the countryside, Jiang Zemin wrote down in an old medical book in the peasant's home, that should he ever rise to power someday, he'd certainly come back to visit, and signed his name. In 1997, a descendant of that peasant found the signed medical book, much to his own astonishment, he proceeded to locate a relative of a powerful CCP member, Wei Jian Singh, wishing to get advice on what to do with the book. Around the time of Jiang's flight from college, the underground Chinese Communist Party Student Committee in Shanghai, exploited many students' dissatisfaction with the investigations, and roused the students to take to the streets, to march in protest, and in so doing evoked widespread public response. Jiang Zemin transferred to Shanghai Jiatong University. He later claimed that he had participated in alleged 1943 student movement, that was organized by the underground CCP. The truth is that in the Japanese-occupied territories, there was never any student movement led by the underground CCP, at any school. There were only secret underground counter-Japanese activities. After Jiang graduated from Shanghai Jiatong University in 1947, he was hired, in 1948 as a technical engineer to work in the power supply section of a food factory, that was later a subsidiary of Beijing-Shanghai-Hangzhou Garrison headquarters. Since the factory was a war industry enterprise, under strict KMT control, all staff and employees, and, in particular, those holding key positions, were investigated with utmost precision. Jiang Zemin did everything to keep his background as a trader well concealed. At the time when Jiang Zemin was hired, the factory was subsidiary of Haiming Foreign Firm, a U.S. enterprise. The factory later was purchased by the KMT's Combined Rear Services Headquarters, and renamed First Grain Factory. Jiang Zemin has always avoided the fact that he worked for the Americans and the KMT during that time. In his resume, as supplied by the Central Committee of the CCP, this period of time was conveniently absent. Students from the young leaders' training sessions had fled upon the surrender of Japanese troops, those who fell into the CCP's hand became part-time teachers for the regime's public security department. Jiang Zemin, years later, managed by means of artifice learned as special agent, fooled all of his rivals in the Communist Party, new and veteran alike, climbed all the way up, and became the party's boss. The CCP's army entered Shanghai in 1949. The food factory where Jiang Zemin was working at that time, was renamed, Yemin No. 1 Foodstuff Factory. The CCP cadre who made inspection of the factory was Wang Daohan. Jiang Zemin happened to learn that Wang Daohan was formerly a subordinate of his uncle, Jiang Shangqing. He promptly stated that he was Jiang Shangqing's foster son, playing his best card. Wang Daohan believed Jiang Zemin's word. He decided at once to promote Jiang Zemin. Jiang Zemin's tactical advance succeeded. 
Wang Daohan promoted Jiang Zemin first to deputy director of Shanghai Soap Factory, and then to chief of electrical machinery section of Shanghai No. 2 Design Division of the First Ministry of Machinery Industry. In November 1954, Jiang Zemin was transferred to No. 1 Auto Manufacturing Works in Changchun City, Jilin Province. In March of 1955, he traveled to Moscow as 12 technical staff for his training. By staying there he came to realize that the history of Soviet Union, as then told, was a complete lie, entirely falsified as to fit Stalin's needs. Stalin had managed to stay in power through concrete practical worship of himself, suppression, and deception until his death. The value of the artifice and its devices emblazoned itself deeply in Jiang Zemin's mind over and over. He pondered the man. During his stay in the Soviet Union, Jiang Zemin tried his best to maintain good relations with all types. He performed music, sang songs, told jokes, and sought the limelight whenever may have been the setting. In 1955, Sino-Russia relation took a turn for the worse. Each began to train spies recruited from the adversary nation. The Soviet Union's intelligence service began to pay attention to Jiang Zemin. They thought that as someone well-educated, he must hail from prominent family with massive wealth. Thus the KGB searched the archive for Jiang Zemin's dossier. The CCP has yet to investigate the experiences of Jiang Shijun and Jiang Zemin, two generations of traitors, who collaborated with the Japanese forces. The reason is that, in fact, the CCP loves the Japanese and their invasion. And it's Mao Zedong himself who said at 1959 Lushan Plenum that, the CCP's task, during the war of resistance with Japan, was to cooperate with the Japanese army, by helping attack soldiers and civilians that were opposing Japan. The CCP could not have seized power, had the Japanese Imperial Army failed to invade more than half of China's territory. In 1945 the Soviet Red Army entered northeastern China and found the complete files of Kenji Doihara's special agent system. Surely the files include documents and photos of the young leader training sessions with Jiang Zemin's records. And Jiang Zemin's traitor boss, Li Xichun, was in Soviet. And he confirmed that Jiang Zemin was indeed one of his agents and worked for the Japanese. KGB then assigned an undercover mistress, Kleva, to seduce Jiang Zemin. Jiang Zemin threw himself into the bosom of the beautiful Kleva. While he was deeply immersed in his affairs with Kleva, on one occasion, his Russian mistress whispered softly his former boss's name, Li Shichun, into Jiang's ear. Jiang Zemin was shocked beyond measure. KGB then quickly moved in while Jiang was off balance. They gave Jiang a sum of money, promised not to disclose his treacherous past and assured him that, he could continue to join the company of Kleva before returning to China, on one condition, that is, for Jiang to join the Far East Bureau of the KGB, to gather intelligence on Chinese students living in the Soviet Union as well as provide certain information regarding China. After Stalin's death, Khrushchev issued a confidential report in which Stalin's monstrous crimes were systematically disclosed. The contents of the document spread quickly throughout the Soviet Union. The public were enraged upon learning that Stalin had slaughtered tens of millions of his own people. In no time the streets were littered with shredded images of Stalin and pulverized bronze statues once in his likeness. Stalin worship took a complete about-face. With this drastic turn of events, Jiang Zemin came to realize, ever more so, how terrible it would be if his own past be made known. As overthrow of formerly enthroned Stalin, stood to remind the Chinese people of their own worship of Mao Zedong, the CCP grew to fear that Chinese living in the Soviet Union would be negatively affected by this new turn of events. All Chinese then in the Soviet Union, 
save for diplomatic envoys, were ordered to return to China immediately. Never had Jiang Zemin considered how to maintain power, should it one day be in his possession, the Soviet served as his teacher. Jiang Zemin did indeed continue to work for the KGB upon returning to China from Moscow. The government of the Soviet Union kept its promise, and didn't make the same mistake, as had Stalin in the 1950s, when he betrayed party official, Gao Gang, then head of CCP in northeastern China. Jiang Zemin's KGB identity was never revealed. After the Soviet Union was dismantled, Jiang dared even less to slight or to refuse Russia. Even just a subtle hint dropped by Russian figures, be it Yeltsin or former KGB member Putin, proved enough to keep a nervous Jiang Zemin awake at night for days. This explained why even in the absence of Soviet Union, Jiang Zemin was every bit as quick to betray China as before. In May of 1991, Jiang Zemin visited the Soviet Union, as the People's Daily reported, Jiang Zemin was full of tears upon meeting with old acquaintances at Liachov Automobile Works. But as one insider later disclosed, what actually happened was that a woman caught sight of Jiang Zemin, and greeted him loud, Hello! My darling! She was none other than Kleva, the woman Jiang Zemin had fallen so deeply for years before. Arranging such a chance encounter was easy for the KGB. All went according to plan, with Jiang Zemin reliving old memories with his lover during the visit. Upon returning to China, a charmed Jiang Zemin signed an agreement, concerning the eastern section of the Sino-Soviet border, that ceded gratuitously more than 1 million square kilometers of Chinese territory to Russia. Of course, at that time, little could Jiang Zemin have imagined that, in but few months, the Soviet Union, the world's first communist nation, would collapse overnight.